0: And welcome inside to another episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today we have another guest. We have Dan McGovern, the PT for Boston College, and among many other titles. Dan, welcome in.
1: Thanks, Chase. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and your listeners.
0: All right. So we were talking a little bit pre-show about kind of all your different roles. So why don't you introduce um, yourself a little bit to the listeners?
1: Sure. Uh, So... uh, this coming season, I'll be beginning my eighth year as physical therapist with Boston College Sports Medicine. Uh, at BC, I work with all the teams uh, from football, to fencing, as I like to say, uh, although football does take a majority of my time. Uh, additionally, I work for Mass General Brigham Sports Medicine as a sports clinical specialist and also uh, do some teaching at uh, Mass General Hospital's Institute of Health Professions in their uh, doctor physical therapy program.
0: Right. Uh, so kind of take us back a little bit. What got you into physical therapy in the first place?
1: Well, uh, it's, you know, I'm, unlike many people who've you know, had an injury and went to PT or maybe had a family member that needed PT and got into it. I really didn't know what physical therapy was or hadn't heard of it uh, really until I was in college. You know, I was coming out of high school. I, you know, I played sports. I was involved in working out and knew I, I wanted to be involved in sports. So I was first drawn into sports journalism. You know, I was interested in in that. Um, and then after reading uh, in a job outlook catalog there was no internet back in those days and said you had to either move to los angeles or new york uh that wasn't really anything i was interested even though i grew up uh, in connecticut Uh, so then as i got into uh, a little bit more working out i was working at a nautilus fitness center and kind of got into it there and thought maybe i'd be interested in designing nautilus machines so after one semester of uh dabbling in like mechanical engineering with chemistry, physics, and calculus. I said, no, that's not quite me either. And then happened to kind of stumble upon a program that where I went to the university of Connecticut, it was a dual degree program, two bachelor's degrees at the time in sports medicine and physical therapy. And that's the, the route I went. Um, Got my degree uh, initially, undergrad in uh, sports medicine, and then a second bachelor's degree, which was the entry-level degree at that time in physical therapy.
0: Right. Um, And so kind of as you have gone through your journey, I saw that you have lots of different stops, you know, and different roles and different um, parts of PT. So I want to talk a little bit more about your role as a professor and a lecturer um, so kind of how did you get involved in the teaching aspects of physical therapy?
1: So early on in my career, I had the opportunity to be a lab instructor for some athletic training classes at Boston University. And that kind of developed into doing some more labs uh, with the, within the physical therapy program. And then having kind of a joint position at Boston University uh, kind of split my time as an instructor, Teaching a sports physical therapy elective and also teaching some labs, but also working on the on campus uh, clinic that we uh, worked with uh, the Boston University um, community, faculty, students, staff, athletes. Uh, and then I've always kind of kept my hand in teaching somewhat. At one point, I was a, a core faculty member for a developing DPT program at the Mass College. Of pharmacy and health professions so i did that for a number of years and now um, my teaching role is is much less i just don't have time although i do enjoy it
0: right um and so i also are uh, your another role that you have is sports clinical specialist at mass general brigham so kind of tell us a little bit how you got involved with that and kind of what it entails
1: sure so my role um, at boston college as physical therapist um, i'm hired by Mass General Brigham Newton Wellesley Hospital. So I'm not an employee of the college, but our team doc is affiliated with the hospital. So we're kind of the medical official medical provider for Boston College Athletics. Uh, So as I had been there, as I said, just finished my seventh year. Uh, About a year and a half ago, I started uh, working clinically within the hospital system to help develop uh, the uh, developing sports medicine program.
0: Okay. Um, and so what is, you know, in developing a sports medicine program for a larger hospital system, what, what do you, what are those things that is involved with that?
1: Sure. So it's certainly uh, involved education internally within the staff who are interested in, in uh, working with athletes and becoming a sports physical therapist uh, within the hospital, but then also within the whole uh, Mass General Brigham System, we have a number of hospitals, Brigham and Women's, Mass General, uh, Newton Wellesley Hospital, and several others. So uh, I have some roles and responsibilities within the whole network as well.
0: Right. All right. So um, obviously, you kind of wear a lot of hats and have a lot of different roles. So I wanted to ask you, so what are some different differences and similarities that you have when you're treating in your own clinic versus when you're working in the hospital system versus when you're working you know, with Boston College athletes?
1: Sure, probably the biggest difference. Uh, so at, at BC, I work uh, with the athletes, but also within a team with the athletic trainers as well. So uh, typically, uh, most of my responsibilities involve kind of long-term rehab. So post-op, whether it's ACL, Latter-J, uh, hip labral repair, those types of things. So kind of long-term. So I'll see the athletes typically three times a week uh, for an extended period of time. No real insurance restrictions, which is nice. But they they are typically seen on, especially on the football side, twice a week every day. I'm sorry, twice a day um, every day. Uh, so they're getting a lot of treatment in. So it's and it's things are changing quickly. So it involves a lot of communication.
0: Right, and, and then, then so as,
1: go ahead. I was going to say, then in, in the hospital setting, it's a little different. You, you don't typically see the athletes as frequently. So you have to rely a little bit more on a home exercise program or, uh, you know, if they're a high school athlete working uh, with their strength conditioning coach, if they have one at the high school.
0: Okay. Um, and then you also, I saw that you own your own clinic. So kind of tell us a little bit about how that came about and uh, and then what your role is there.
1: Sure. So a few years back, I had set up my own kind of out of network practice uh, to kind of supplement what I was doing when I was teaching more. Uh, But in recent years, I've kind of backed that way down just uh, because of my increased responsibilities within um, the college and uh, the hospital. Okay. so I purposely set it up out of network because I was kind of a one man show didn't want to deal with insurance and the, some of those restrictions. So, um, although it's you know it's a little more freedom, you know, obviously people have a certain uh, limit to their uh, wanting to pay per se out of pocket. So uh, often those uh, treatments were less frequent, maybe once a week or once every other week, and some people twice a week. But
0: gotcha. Um, and so, kind of a more clinical question. Sure. Um, so you obviously have a lot of different hats and I'm sure your schedule is, you know, jam packed. Uh, how do you kind of make sure you stay up to date on like the current evidence? How do you find time in your, your schedule, <laughs> your bidding schedule to make sure that you're up to date on the most recent literature to kind of make sure your athletes are best taken care of?
1: Yeah. So within my roles, I describe you know, we have journal club. Uh, we also do some, uh in-house education that I either present or co-present or involved with, so uh, being able to participate in those types of things. Uh, teaching keeps you on your toes for sure. You gotta stay up on the latest and greatest um, of the evidence, but also just being involved You know, as a physical therapist, as an athletic trainer and strength conditioning specialist, being a member of the different organizations and uh, getting the different journals and trying to stay on top of that. Uh, and probably in the last year, starting to listen to podcasts like yours and, uh, and a few others. And um, probably on, uh, you know, probably Twitter, I find you can get some very good information, some good discussion without too much of the outside noise.
0: <laughs> yeah, Twitter is a great resource um, for finding I think directly from most authors, you can find like their best work or their work without having to go through PubMed or anything like that. And it's because I'm on my phone anyways, I might as well, you know, look at something useful and that can help my knowledge as well. Um, and so you've been, you know, doing PT for quite a while now, and I'm sure you've been around a lot of good sports PTs and then, um, you know, seeing students come up through the through the ranks. So kind of what makes a good sports PT to you and what are some characteristics that you've seen? help make, you know, good PT students into good PTs.
1: Sure. You know, a lot of students come in and they, they want to do sports either because they had an injury or that type of thing in high school, they played a high school sport. Uh, so a high percentage, because I always ask the students what do they think they're interested in? Uh, but that does change. So, you know, they, they find other things that interest them neurology or pediatrics, but the ones that, that kind of stay in it, uh, I think they certainly have a passion for what they want to do. Not that the other disciplines don't, but I think sports is, it's changing all the time. Advances in sports medicine uh, are are happening at a a fast rate. So you need to have that passion to kind of stay on top of it. Uh, You need to be flexible. Uh, My schedule at BC uh, changes, uh, you know, day to day almost. So, you know, a meeting gets called or something happens, uh, a workout runs longer. Uh, so definitely have to be uh, adaptable and, and flexible. And then the commitment to learning, lifelong learning. Uh, you know, you, you think you, you know everything when you graduate, then you quickly realize you don't really know anything. And then you slowly fill in some of the pieces. But, uh, you know, lifelong education.
0: You know, as, you know, new grads that you've seen coming out through PC school that, you know, you think you know things, but you actually don't. Uh, When you're working with higher level athletes, especially when you don't have that experience, uh, what are some different ways you would recommend for, you know, students that want to get into sports PT to, you know, working with higher level rehab uh, that you might not have experienced during clinical rotations or, you know, at your own clinic?
1: Well, I think prepare, you know, find out what you know, what's going on with the athlete, get into their, their medical record. If they had a surgery, read the surgery. If they had some sort of imaging, look at the imaging, look at the radiologist report, uh, communication, communicate with the athletic trainer, the team doc, the strength coach, whatever the case may be. Uh, but don't fake it. You know, they'll see right through that. Um, if you don't know something, ask questions. Um, I thought, I thought when I came out of school that being a sports physical therapist meant you were aggressive. So I was going to be aggressive because I want to be a sports therapist. So let's take the crutches away right away. And I quickly realized it's not just being aggressive, it's being progressive, you know, being educated what's going on and um, understand what different time frames uh, that are needed and what criteria need to be met in order to kind of progress the rehab
0: okay um and so kind of more generally speaking you know you've been doing sports pt for um such a long time you know obviously you have to have a passion for it so why is sports pt so fulfilling to you and why what you know you've been doing it for 20 plus years so what makes it so easy for you to get up and realize okay i like to do this as my job
1: sure so yeah actually closer to Thirty-four years. It's been. I just, I just wrote that down because I wasn't quite sure, just in case it came up. So I was a little surprised to see how long it was. Um, I think because it's always changing. The athletes change. You know, whether you're working with high school athletes or college athletes. You know, every year you're getting a new class of athletes coming in. Uh, the advances. So, you know, when I got out of school in the uh, Late 80s, mid-late 80s, uh, ACLs were being casted in flexion and not allowed to weight bear. Um, We used isokinetics a ton back then. Then we didn't for a long time. And now the pendulum has swung back to isokinetics and testing. So really to see how uh, the pendulum on a lot of things has shifted and swung one way or the other. Uh, I used a lot more modalities when I first got out of school, not as much mm-hmm. now. Um, so it's um, uh, it's it's easy to kind of get up and go to work when there's so much new going on. It's never the same, at least for me. Right.
0: Um, and so, you know, as you've been at Boston College for, you know, you said this is coming up on your eighth year. Kind of walk us through what it's like. Like a day in a life for you, um, you know what from the time you wake up to you know time you're treating with the athletes, and then you know even jumping back and forth between your different roles, teaching and lecturing.
1: Sure, well, you know heading into the day that I go there, so I'm there three days a week. So the night before, I make sure I check my texts and emails, make sure there's no change to the schedule, because that does happen occasionally. Uh, I kind of know what's ahead of me. I know who I'm seeing unless there, of course, was a new uh, surgery that uh, re- someone recently had. They were coming back or, or we just had uh, our freshman football players just come onto campus recently. So i uh, just kind of familiarizing myself with who of that group may be in need of some rehab uh, from a previous uh, surgery. Uh, so once I start my morning and depending on the day sometimes it starts at 5:30 sometimes as late as 9 uh but typically um you know 7:30 is pretty typical uh after see them after the the injured group has had their their warning workout and then i i work with them myself um And so my position, as I said, I work with all sports. So I work in two different athletic training rooms. So I kind of work side by side with the other athletic trainers. So the morning I typically spend in, uh, which is more the football athletic training room. And then the afternoons, uh, more with the, with the other sports. Okay.
0: Um, you know, as you're working with a large group of athletes, uh, you know, I'm sure there's athletes that are maybe skeptical or sometimes untrusting. So, um, how do you kind of build that, that buy-in with athletes, especially, you know, when you're just, all you're trying to do is help them, but sometimes they can be a little standoffish. How do you kind of get them to kind of buy into what you're selling?
1: Yeah. And that's, that's, I've been fortunate to find that's not too common, but you know, there are some that are going to either have worked with somebody at close to home and have what they think or what works for them. So you have to respect that as well. Uh, I think you just got to let them know that you care. You know, at this stage, a lot of these athletes are the same age as my kids. So I kind of, I don't treat them like my kids, but I try to think how would uh, I want my son or daughter to be treated and, and uh, helped along with during the process. But uh, for the most part, not a lot of, not a lot of butting heads. Uh, they're pretty open to what we suggest, but I think you need to explain to them. And some want to know more than others. Some, you know, are kind of listening to their music. Others will have some questions, whatever works for them. But I think as long as they know uh, that your goal is to get them back onto the field as soon and as safe as possible, uh, usually the relationship is pretty good.
0: Right. And so as you're getting those athletes back onto the field, um, what would you, I guess, suggest to somebody that is trying to improve those like higher level return to sport decisions? Um, Is there anything that you would recommend looking into to, you know, kind of help prepare somebody for that?
1: Sure. So obviously you need to know the demands of the sport and the position. You you know, an offensive lineman's demands are going to be different than a defensive back's demands. But once you're familiar with that individual, what they need to do and recognize what, you know, what limitations or, um, you know, depending on the surgery that they had, Uh, Working with the sports medicine team, Uh, I would suggest that you know my role. I try to do as much objective information as I can. So uh, at Boston College, we're fortunate fortunate to have a Humac isokinetic machine, so we can get objective numbers uh, as part of our process. It's not a standalone test. We also do some hop testing, but certainly uh, you know you got to watch the athlete move and and go back into, uh, limited drills and skills before they get back into full contact.
0: And so last kind of, kind of clinical question, um, when you're at Boston college and you're working with the athletic trainers in the training room and you're working with the strength coaches, trying to get them back and, you know, trying to get them reintegrated with the team and you're, you know, talking to the position coaches, trying to give them updates on when this person could be back. Um, how do you kind of make sure that everyone is on the same page, especially with so many moving parts?
1: So most of my, uh, well, overwhelming majority of my communication is directly to the athletic trainer. So I don't do, interact with coaches too much. And I think part of it is to make sure that there's, there's one clear message. So uh, I'll communicate with the athletic trainers and let them know, you know what's going on, if there's any change in status that they may not be aware of. Or if, if we had a, a day that we uh, performed an isokinetic test, I'll be sure to get the results to them right away uh, and kind of look at that and say, hey, they're making good progress or they're still lagging a little bit on their quad or whatever the case may be. Uh, so uh, I think at least at Boston College, we try to keep the communication not you know, kind of streamlined uh so not too many no opportunity for miscommunication all
0: right. all right so not so clinical question um what has been your favorite memory so far working at boston college you've been there for eight years so i'm sure you've had lots of you know times that you've really enjoyed working your job so what kind of stands out the most
1: yeah sometimes it's as simple as just seeing a kid get back on the field you know for some other kids it's seeing them graduate and get their Degree from a, a great school like Boston College. Uh, other examples are, you know, seeing a, a, somebody get drafted or go on to play at the next level. I, I just before we got started, I I saw on one of the social media's a, a woman on the soccer team uh, signed with a team who had she had come back from a, a, a surgery that had the opportunity to work with her. Um, uh, we, you know, one of our hockey players won the Stanley Cup last night. So, so those types of little you know, successes, again, sometimes it's related to uh, their sport or just getting back to it or even just academic to see a guy uh, or woman you know, get their degree from, from the school.
0: Awesome. Um, and so last question for you, Dan, uh, do you have any advice for anybody that you know, wants to get into, into sports at any level, professional, college? Um, you know working an outpatient how would what advice would you give to those you know aspiring sports
1: PTs uh, I'd probably say you know start networking even if you're a student uh, you know I, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn uh, if anybody wants to reach out I'm, I'm open to that just kind of let me know who you are but uh, I think starting you know networking because that definitely will help you advance it in the field uh, join the the uh, American Academy of Sports Physical Therapy, get, take advantage of all the resources like that that are available, you know, as students or, or, or new grads. But recognize it's it's challenging. You know, it's it's not 9 to 5. Uh, you know, sports, you know, if you want to work with high school athletes, well, they can't come in at 9 o'clock. They need to come in, you know, either before school or after school or after a game or practice. So it's... Uh, it, it's demanding and it's constantly changing. So you can't just put it on cruise control. You gotta continue to attend 10 courses, seek out maybe uh, additional certifications, um, maybe volunteer some time to get the, that experience. Um, and it's competitive. Uh, I, when I first came out of school, there weren't any residencies or fellowships. But uh, the individuals that I've interacted with that have done that, or those that I have seen that have gotten opportunities at the highest level, a lot of them have gone the residency and/or um, uh, fellowship uh, opportunities. So uh, I look into that as well.
0: Gotcha. I think that's all great advice. Um, you know, networking is kind of how we met, and so. Dan, I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate your time. Is there anything that you would like to plug or anything like that?
1: I uh, don't have any real products, but like I said, if anybody wants to connect on LinkedIn, and then uh, you know, I do a little bit of posting here and there on on Twitter or Instagram. On uh, one of them, sport is Sport Med Insider, and the other is Sports Med Insider. So, if anybody wants to find me there, look forward to uh, connecting and interacting.
0: Okay, I will make sure I link those down below. Um, Dan, again, thank you so much for your time. And this has been the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast.
1: Thanks, Chase. Appreciate it. had a good time.
0: Thank you to Dan McGovern and Boston College for coming to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. If you liked what you heard today or want to hear more from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.